Hey everyone, it's Travis. Just a few quick announcements before we jump into the episode. First and most immediately relevant is the fact that this is the after show for our Marvel superhero season. Now, if you listen to our D&D season, you know what that means, but if not, that means we're not going to be in character, we're not going to be playing a game, we're just going to be discussing the last season, how we thought it went, um... Uh, talking about character arcs and just generally reflecting on the season. Greg also tells us all of the uh, random generation he did to make the plot and all of the locations and characters and villains. And then each of us individually talk about our characters' arcs and, and how all of them ended up fitting together in the end. Second announcement is that there's not going to be a break before the start of the next season. How it's going to work is we're going to be playing a one-shot next week. I still haven't edited it, so I don't know how many episodes that's going to be, but we're going to be playing a game called In Plain Sight, which is a GM-less game, so it's perfect for a one-shot like this, um, and it follows us playing as cryptids, so, you know, uh, monsters like your your Bigfoots and your, your monsters of Loch Ness, and they're trying to live normal human lives, so it's a very silly game. Um, I wouldn't typically uh, plug the stuff of our guest in the episode before we release that episode, but uh, so our guest is Joshua Hoover. Uh, He's an actor. He played uh, Fat Joey in The Walking Dead, and he's actually got a movie out right now, which is why I'm uh, putting this in an episode that before the episode comes out that he's in, uh, because it just came out this weekend. It's a movie called Logan Lucky. So um, go watch that movie. And then next week, appreciate that we have an actor from that movie on our show. The timing didn't work out quite as well as we planned. But uh, yeah, so go see Logan Lucky and uh, support the work of someone who's going to be on our show next week for that In Plain Sight one shot. Third is that I'm going to try to upload something such that it displays as the earliest thing we've uploaded that's sort of like a listening guide to the show um, to give new listeners an idea that, you know, you can start with whatever genre you want to, that sort of thing. So if you see me uploading that and you see weird things happening with your feed, it's just me desperately trying to figure out how to trick an RSS feed into thinking a new thing is actually a very old thing. So it appears um, as the first item in the list. Um But anyway, enough of that. You want to hear us uh, talk about the season you just listened to. Um, So here's that. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, a show where we play pen and paper RPGs in which we've randomly determined as many things as possible, including characters, villains, names, places, and other weirder stuff. It all comes together to be a very random encounter. I'm after Greg. (laughs) I'm after Logan. I'm after Lee. I'm after Travis, and I still don't think that this is a joke, this thing we do when it's an after (laughs) show. It just makes us laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's the after show. (laughs) uh... well if it's not a joke it sure is funny (laughs) the funniest not joke i've ever heard Uh. i mean it might be this drink i'm drinking but i think it's funny we were superheroes last week that was cool for like the last like few months Yeah, for, yeah. for so a while. So good, so fun. It was so much fun. Yay, I love Marvel superheroes. 
Such a great system. I do too now, now that I've experienced yeah. it. I have a feeling though, Greg had to do a lot of work behind the scenes to run that game. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of like roles you had to make and like, I don't know. Like I feel like the, it must be more complicated than, than what I saw in my end of the game, the system that is. I mean, as a part of a GM for that, so what most of what the GM does is you look at what the power is versus what their natural resistance is to it, if any. And then it really just modifies the columns up and down. Yeah. So there's multiple times when I said, well, because they're resistant, you're actually rolling on a 20 because they're so resistant yeah. to it. So the yeah. GMing part comes in, where do you fall on, actually fall on the chart? And a lot of times it's just the pure, it's just the pure and the colors tell me, how well it went and then i make a call based off of that um and it can get more it can get more complicated if you want it to get more complicated um but it also as it can be as light as you need it to be i mean really i find the system is easiest to run where you're just you're looking at the colors you're saying you're looking at the relative strengths and saying okay you're going to be actually at a 20 because you're fighting somebody who's much better at fighting than you. Uh, and then we'll just see how well you do and what yeah, the I color ends we, up like, being. I noticed we like dropped the, we dropped initiative after a while. Yeah. It, well, I, it, it was rare that you all fought together. True. Yeah. So yeah, there was a ton of party. There splitting. was a ton of party yeah. splitting, which actually worked out better because then it's just a back and forth. And the only time we sort of did initiative is, just to determine who went first. And then the one time when you all came together for the final scene, um, we the only other time we had a group shot was when you were fighting Sarah and the cultists in the forest, and that ended the minute Aqua Synapse's turn came yeah. up. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a super powerful power uh, against normal humans. And then everything else was very split. And I it just worked. I didn't feel like... I didn't want to enforce unnecessary initiative if we didn't have to do it. I just realized because you said, uh, and I guess with this can transition, I have a few things that I want to ask just so like, like I don't think there were any plot holes, but I imagine like some listeners might be like, well, what happened to this or that? One thing I can't remember, what happened to the book? Did we fix that? Was that, did did we do a good on the book? Eventually, magic eventually book. you find the book. The problem is, is that uh, Crimson Monster's power, when he's combined with his sister, is underwater freedom. So his base was actually deep within Lake Michigan. Ah, that's uh, and we—that's where he was running towards when he thought I was on fire. He was going to get in the water because he had the water freedom powers to escape, <laughs> um, and. Eventually, somebody would find it. I mean, if Sarah wouldn't yeah. let it up until you found it. But yeah, eventually, sort of as a plot point that we didn't cover, it does get found. And then the mm-hmm. other question mark that I think we can probably just figure out is so the bands like Grade Bat and Stanky Bean, all of those, they, they, they're not super powered in and of themselves, but something about something about the, you know, one of the Crimson monsters powers one has to so combine with a musician to put people to uh, hypnosis marcus uh condo the cyborg uh his one of his powers was hyper invention so he could just constantly keep making super whatever and at 
Crimson Monster's request, he made powered instruments that would have various different effects. Uh, and so each, the first tea room was them testing out with uh, Light of Blast, giving them the first prototype of the weaponized instruments and how that went. And then they used them for various effects, depending on what they needed at the various other venues. So they weren't necessarily villains themselves, but they were being paid a lot of money uh, to use these instruments uh, to control crowds and to make it easier for Crimson Monster and Kondo and Grizz Crusher to do the various things that they needed. Was Kondo, is that Marcus's handle? Yes. And he was just in it for money? And he was just in it for Crusher. money and constantly upgrading himself? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, What about, like, how did you randomize... How did you go about randomizing the plot or just like what? Was... So the first thing I did was figure out the villain. And so I went to a super villain generator randomly. And what I got was the crimson monster. You were once a humble criminal trying to make a living until a twist of fate resulted in the deaths of both you and your family. Oh, However, yeah. strange forces have brought you back to life and gifted you with unusual powers, powers that you'll soon be exploiting for profit and vengeance. And now oh. with the aid of your trusty henchman Kondo and your army of jazz musicians, you bring terror and chaos to the streets. How does our game constantly give us jazz bands? Like each major season of the show. Okay. So yeah, I randomly got that, which was hilarious. And then I went to supervillain, a supervillain plot generator. And that came, your unstoppable plan was to build a colossal robot, easily allow you to create a demonic focus so you can kidnap your beloved singer for a huge ransom which will compensate you for your life for your loveless, friendless life. Oh, and that was his unstoppable plan. And the random beloved singer I rolled was uh, Diana crawl, the jazz singer. That's who he ultimately was going after. Hmm. Interesting. And then because I had to figure out who had the demonic focus, I did a random generator for secret cults. And that's when I got the secret coven of the maroon gnome, which was just pure, like, okay. And what it's, it was, the yeah. Secret Covenant of the Rune Gnome on the moon, their motto is, there is no evil, only stupidity. How did, uh, was, did the dice decide that he had different powers when his siblings inhabited him? Yes. Or like when so, he called upon them? Uh, when I was rolling him, you know, I did all the stats, and then the first power that I got for him alone was Spirit Gestalt, which means you merge with spirits, to get superpowers, it's crazy which how was, this stuff just comes together. Yeah, it was That's weird so, that it happened yeah. that way. Like it just can we like, just talk about how good of a game this is? Like so many <laughs> great powers in this. Yeah, dumb eighties <laughs> game. And then from there, I rolled for what each sibling had control over. So yeah, uh, Laverne was water freedom and all the water underwater powers. Uh, Martin was bonding. So Martin's only power was the fact that they could stick any two things together and it would stay permanently bonded. Oh, and gross. that's what he did to <laughs> Aqua Synapse, bonded her right. feet to the ground. Uh. And then George had high-powered Professor X-powered telepathy and then also stealth at poor. <laughs> oh, did that oh. ever come up? No. Did you try and just no. always failed? Or yeah, no? I tried. It always failed. It was. A, <laughs> it, it never went off right. Uh, and uh. then Kondo 
I when I rolled for just what Kondo is, that's when Kondo came up as a cyborg. And then Kondo's powers were levitation, hyperspeed, resistant to physical attacks, and then hyperinvention, which worked out well just for what his motivation was right. and how he worked. And then since there were three of you, I needed a third one. And that's how we came up with Grizz Crusher because I rolled on the <laughs> table metamorphic robot, uh, which huh. allows you to... Oh, so, wait, Grizz Crusher was the robot? Yeah, Grizz Crusher was the robot. That was the transformer Whoa. that could go between a pale green minivan and a robot. Huh. That was the huh. two forms. And then for a car, it had the rocket power. So it so, went fast like a rocket. So the reason <laughs> the the reason Grizz Crusher was so upset with logical inaccuracies in 80s cartoons was because he's actually just a robot. <laughs> he's an actual yeah, Transformer. he was based off of the Transformers. That's how Kondo made Grizz Crusher, <laughs> and then downloaded a bunch of the Transformers uh, cartoons into Grizz Crusher's memory bank <laughs> because he thought it was That's funny. Amazing. And then Grizz Crusher was obsessed oh. with trying to make sense of her purpose and uh, why these cartoons were so sloppy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Gris Crusher so did good. survive. Uh, once uh, she couldn't get out of the maze, she uploaded herself to the internet and exists. <laughs> uh, so oh, Eagle will still run into the various cartoon boards ah, that's of cool. Gris nice. Crusher arguing awesome. about logical inconsistencies. <laughs> uh, but Gris Crusher had rocket elemental conversion, so that's how she was able to transform Redmine's clothes into copper. Yep. Um, and Grizz Crusher uh, was able to access the files of all of the various groups that had given people superpowers. And since uh, Ruben had only lasted a day before the powers disappeared, that's why his file was incomplete. Huh. So uh, Grizz went out, grabbed the files, but the files were not complete. Like they just had the basics that they found, and they since they never did any more work on Ruben as to why his powers went away. They just assumed it was a day thing only. Uh, there wasn't huh. much. That's that's uh, why Grizz went to plan B and C in dealing with that, because uh, she didn't know the immediate weakness to neutralize the threat. Uh, and and Grizz Crusher could also shrink. She had the shrinking yeah, power. She had natural weaponry. So in her robot form, she had robot claws. Uh, and she had also been programmed uh, to be an excellent uh, kung fu artist. She had uh, <laughs> martial supremacy as one of her powers. Uh, that never really came. <laughs> She's up. weird science. Yeah. <laughs> Whole bunch of eighty stuff thrown in. Any other random things that that we didn't ask you about that you want to mention of just like amazing yeah, so, things the dice gave you? Well, all of the band's names uh, came from that list of paint colors that were created by that ai whoa really whoa so that list yeah so i rolled on that and picked Do we want to explain what that is like a that we we found a while ago a a list of like the a neural network so like a neural network was fed a whole bunch of names of different paint colors and then it spat out a bunch of results as its guesses of what other paint color names might be and we found a list like that uh, so Light of Blast, Stargoon, Dorkwood, Stanky Bean, uh, Grade Bat, 
Uh, the other two that were were on the list that weren't picked because I only wrote down few uh, were Flower and Turdly. I was sort of sad that Turdly didn't get picked. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted a band called Turdly, but the dice wouldn't allow it. <laughs> and Stargoon is just such a good great bat too. They're all good. I mean, like for Stanky Bean, for Stanky Bean, which is good in its own regard because it's so bad. That's true. Yep. Anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, I'm trying to look through my list. That was everybody. Everything else. Everybody's names that I kept rolling. Oh, oh, oh! When did you decide that like Miles was more than or needed to have powers or whatever? Um, yeah. Miles was Miles was a sort of backup character that I had just I had created a bunch of just random supers just in case, um, just. Mm-hmm given the world and the situation that you might bump into these people. And when Miles became a thing, he was an NPC that was just, you know, the angry barista and then became more. That's when I sort of just randomly picked. And that's how I got to uh, the true sight troubleshooting character became Miles. Uh, It's just so perfect for a love interest of one of the superheroes. And that's just it was just very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it worked out really <laughs> for well. you specifically because the true sight works is so interesting right. in comparison to your illusions. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those few times where things worked out freakishly well. There's a number of times when I was rolling these things, like rolling a a character who is brought back to life, who then has, has ghost, ghost powers, powers yeah. and in his origin <laughs> story has a dead family. Uh, yeah, right, like. You know, going to his family and trying to activate their superpowers and then realizing that his power is to try to merge with their spirits and in the process killed them. Uh, that just sort of weird happenstance where it just worked out. I'm like, all right, I'll go with it. It works. It's real good. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it seems to happen more frequently than not on our yeah. show. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to mention? I think we usually, after that, we would just go through the players and, and just talk about what we thought about our characters and where they ended up, I think, is usually is what we did last time. Yeah. I You know, I, I was very, very pleased with how well the system worked, how well you all took to the system. And even the randomization, like, it creates very crazy things. Um, and yet somehow they all worked together. I, I was amazed to just have these heroes that through the randomizer, you kind of looked and went, well, this makes no sense. And then uh, when I was, cause you, you guys recorded the origin stories after we had done that first. Yeah. Getting right. everything. Cause that was a lot of rolling and then hearing that and sort of yeah. seeing how well you tied together these things into a good <laughs> package just helped fill in all of the holes that the randomizer gave yeah. me. Um, and then I could that's, fill that's in. That's how I felt on my season too. It's like, it's like the stuff that you guys did enhances everything so yeah. much. Like it's true. Like when we have this much out of all of our control, I'm, you know, you're kind of relying on everybody yeah. to do their part. I mean, there's a, there, <laughs> it's very freeing in the fact that you feel like, well, I'm just going to roll with what I'm given and I'll make it work. And I don't have to, I don't have to, necessarily 
come up with all the details. Instead, uh, the details are picked for me, and I just have to come up with the connections. And there's a there's a there's an interesting amount of freedom as I found running this one, where I'm like, let's just roll with it. This is like rolling a restaurant that's called the dark satisfaction room because that's the <laughs> restaurant that came up it's like okay so what kind of stuff did you have for that like how do you how did you i guess you knew you were gonna make us go to a restaurant so you just brought up a randomizer of some yeah. sort like how did you handle that there so the first things i did is the three i knew it was going to end at the three factories because there was going to be the showdown of him collecting the parts to make the robot and so there are so many name your business websites and uh-huh. randomizers out there. Um, so I, you know, I got Biotude Chemical, Robank's Tool and Manufacturing, Strong Engineering. Uh, I went to the Name Your Cafe website, and that's where the Marble Rose Tea, tea Room came from. It's a good um, tea room name. And then there was a restaurant one, and the Dark Satisfaction Room came up for that one. I'm like, oh, yep. That's that's what oh, that is. Gosh. It, <laughs> when great. you look out there, if you just type in blah Blank blah blah generator. name generator, there are so many websites <laughs> out there to just give you the worst set of names and they're oh, brilliant. So good. I was just I'm like when I was writing this, I'm like, oh surely there's not a factory. Yep, there is a factory name generator. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a person coded that onto the internet. They That's they amazing. spent their time doing that, and I am thankful. Um, so for character stuff, yeah. like, um, I I just want to start it with saying like, it's odd how all three of us sort of follow sort of followed a motif where like, the red mind has yet to figure out who his true self is. Uh, Baron Rock, like, just did it and is still getting used to that. And trying to live his new, like his actual self, and Aqua Synapse is completely comfortable in herself mm. and knows exactly who she is right from the jump. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. It made like most of the poignant moments in the in yeah. this season. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she did all of her soul searching before she even got to Earth, and then, yeah. you know. And she still changed though, because mm-hmm. I think I think it's I think with Aqua Synapse, what I like is that we got a story that you don't typically get a lot of in media, which is the story of like someone who's like centered and uh, grounded and is pretty confident that she, um, you know, knows who she is and and knows has herself figured out, and yet there's still room for her to grow, and and specifically there's room for her to grow in understanding this. Uh, new world she finds herself in like especially with the mm-hmm. epilogue like I, I like that she's already like a a full and um fulfilled person and yet that doesn't preclude her from being able to grow and i don't feel like you get a lot of stories like yeah that if you're not randomly yeah. rolling for them <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think there are a couple of moments that were so brilliant about a completely competent person and that that park scene with sarah mm. and that fight uh oh yeah s- just distilled that like here is the uncalm yeah. part of a very calm and collected person <laughs> and that that 
is still all justified and it's still this person who is absolutely still figuring out who they are even though they are completely confident in who they are yeah and there's a that scene was like 100 percent. i (laughs) i do that in real life where like I really am just kind of calm and even killed and like whatever. It's hard to ruffle my feathers, but like once you get going, once or once you get me going, I'm just like, I don't know. It just comes from nowhere, and it just <laughs> I will just vomit everything that's been inside of me the whole time onto you, and then like five seconds later, I'm like, I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But it was like life wisdom. Yeah. Aqua yeah. <laughs> every time she would just spout out this thing of like, oh my God, I need to listen to this. I need to record <laughs> this and have it as my mantra. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, she was really fun to play. Unless you had more on, on Aqua, I could I could start yammering on about uh, Doyle. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think I have anything else specific. Okay. She was fun. <laughs> and, I, you know, she was such a good combination of like, where I am now in my life and where I want to be and where uh-huh. I wish I had been 10 years ago kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Uh, so for Doyle, um, you know, when, when I was, when I was rolling up the character, I was just getting all of these really, like I, I wrote, I think, I think I actually have the same number of powers as Ruben, but like, yeah. Ruben's power, some of Ruben's powers, like especially the self-sustaining one and the self-resurrection, like, um, yeah, they're they're just for me, right? Like Doyle has the most capability of all of right. us, I and, think. And I and I'm looking at all these things, and I'm like stealth and laser beams and flight and and like uh, hyper hearing, like that's that's clearly like a Superman Superman level of powers, like like Superman number of powers and. Yeah. And like in the moment I was struggling to think like okay, how do I get this person? How do I how do I make sense of a person with all of these abilities? And you know, Superman certainly came to mind. Um and I think and I've I've never actually read the um what is it called Red Sun Superman, the like alternate universe yeah, where yeah. Superman is a communist. I've never yeah. read that, but like I forgot that existed. I guess you could say it was uh, Doyle was influenced by that in that I know that that existed, uh, but I've never read it. Yeah. So like I wanted to the reason I, I went the communist angle is because once the name the red mind came up there, like, you know, red has connotations of uh, being associated with communism. So I thought like, OK, like I, that's that's a thing I can uh, grab onto right now as I'm figuring out who this character is as we're doing character creation. And then I can figure out later like what that means. Like I can totally be communist Superman and, and, and then later figure out uh, what that character looks like. And then once that happened and then I started like thinking about it, like after we rolled up characters, I realized like I didn't want to do another Zegniln where uh, for people who've listened to last season uh, or for people who haven't listened to last season, rather uh, I played a barbarian named Zegniln who like, its whole jam, like Zegnil's whole jam was like uh, teaching people their way of life and like teaching people how to uh, manage their anger. Like Zegnil had uh, just all of this, like uh, this whole like way of seeing the world and sort of didn't change very much throughout the season because it's like 
He's just sort of given his perspective. And I didn't want that again. I didn't want communism with the red mind to just be like, here's what he believes in and he's never going to change. And he needs to like, just tell people about how good this thing he believes in is. So, so I was struggling to think, and then I realized like, well, this is taking place, you know, in the Midwest of the U S. So I wanted his arc to be like, how does a ex Soviet who believes in those ideals, like, and a superhero, which like, that's not a very like, (laughs) you know, um, collectivist thing to be like how does that person reconcile their beliefs and i and i enjoyed like uh because i like i didn't know from the start how that was going to be reconciled but i think the um (laughs) thing i ended up with in the hospital scene of the you know the pretty central tenet of uh communism which i think even precedes marx the the idea of um from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Like that's, a, that's a thing a superhero can do. Like a superhero just has a lot of ability and so can therefore yeah. donate a lot of themselves. Um, it's, it's the most closely associated thing with superheroes yeah. with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And so, and so I think like he figured out, like I, I might not be able to, it's not going to be the exact same life I lived and it's not going to be the same place I lived. But I, th- I think in the end he realized, and especially with the sort of forming unions thing in the epilogue, like he can, he figured out how to reconcile those beliefs for himself. And after making that step realized what he should do moving forward in the future to uh, start to make the world that he believes in, I guess. Yeah. I, I really liked it. And I mean, I didn't envy that task that you had in front of you of yeah. like, yeah, figuring out how one superhero promotes communism in a like a way that makes a ton of sense. But I mean, it worked out. Yeah, I had never like I don't consume superhero stuff much. Yeah. Like I, I've seen like Iron Man and some of the other Marvel movies, but not very many of them. And I mean, like I like Thor cause he's hot, but <laughs> does it? yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just don't really, it's not my jam. So I didn't, I, I was worried going into this that I wouldn't know how to play it or I wouldn't enjoy it in some way or like, or like y'all would get something out of it that I wouldn't because I don't, but it really turned out good. I mean, she's just a character at the end of the day. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. I, one of the things, one, uh, you know, I've been a huge comic reader all my life. And before it just got to be such an expensive habit that I just had to stop. But I think there's something about a superhero story that allows people to comment on a lot of things because the powers fill in for things that we wish we could do but also like you know what logan was running into there's nothing more frustrating than having a superpower and just it won't help yeah and Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. there is what when superhero stories do that really well is they they play with that line of here's your idea of I can fly and that will fix everything. And then realizing that 
no, you're still a human with all these problems. You can just get to places faster, and that doesn't that doesn't really <laughs> fix the problem. Um, yeah, and I like think you that can, uh, you can use like freeze vision all you want, but it's not going to help you when your friend is terminally ill. Like, like yeah. it's just like, okay, I have these great abilities and, and nothing to do with them in this situation. And, and, and that is harrowing and terrifying and awful. And I think superhero stories, when they are good, make humans more human. And I think we did that a lot in this one. There, you know, I, I yeah. put people in danger a lot. There, you know, the the potential death of Miles and that, you know, strong evocation in Baron of, you know, it won't kill me. I can't be killed that way. I don't need to breathe. But here's this person who also has superpowers, whose power unfortunately makes them find the worst situations powerful. <laughs> you know, just drawn to them but can't do anything about them there there is something very primal in that storytelling that especially since it's in a modern time i think one of the best decisions i made was not putting it back in the 80s when the game system was but i'm like let's just do it now i like that and we have our modern problems and our modern technology and our ubers and our lifts but how would superheroes also affect that and i thought it's oh man i mean i meant to say this like actually in the show but it would be flight yeah l-y-t that would be the lift app <laughs> it would be people yeah. but uh, the, the, there's around. something that you know it's it's interesting to connect how people having powers would change our modern world but also i think we all realize that it also wouldn't change a lot like there would be more services but people would still be people and i think that came out very strongly in what we did and i i really was jamming on that while we were doing it i really I, like the licensing aspect yeah. of it yeah where we don't make any money because why would we but we have licenses right and, yeah i want to hear about baron rock oh because um, i don't think we have okay. right we have not no not yet okay. so um i mean it was just awesome to i you know i was like this okay, I've got illusionary powers. This seems like maybe I could put on a cool rock show. And then the name was Baron Rock. Uh, so I was like, yep, well, that's that. <laughs> and the thing was, like, I was hoping against hope from the first season. I was like, I just want one person to have musical powers <laughs> so I can play more on the music end. And then I got to be him. It was great. That's so the thing I, really I love enjoyed... about our show is the music. Like, yeah. I don't have any like like, there's just no world in which i could even consider like i I don't understand how you do it i don't know how you write a song or how you put music to it or like i can't even conceive of how that works but like you guys just do it and it's great and i love it (laughs) Uh, you guys it is logan Well, that's not true. You've helped me with trumpet stuff, and Greg has provided um, vocals. Yeah, but you are the driving creative force. Logan is the driving force of it, yeah. I mean, you do end (laughs) up making... Like, I came up with the first tune in the D&D season, and then, I mean, it just didn't work with the ultimate song, and then I just changed the song to match. 
Um, but yeah, I, I've often said that musical theater directly affects every game that I run. I pull, <laughs> like, for me, because I love musicals, I always try to strive for moments where it would seem natural for somebody to burst out into song because there's so much emotion there. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we got oh, yeah. it. Like, he was so full of emotion, he had to sing about it. And it's great. I love it. Um, And then the the other half of Baron is uh, making that backstory. I just wanted I wanted to have a character who wasn't interested in his past, you know, because he like he was who he was. And like even when Miles could like truly see him, I I wanted it to come across where like Baron was like, that's not actually me. Like, I'm yeah. that's cool. You can see me and I'm glad you accept that part. But that's not me. My, me is is what what I make of myself. Yeah. 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 Because that's so, how I feel like in real life, your past is part of what makes you who you are, but it doesn't define you. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, yeah. Baron Everybody, is the visual concept of your past not defining you. And arguably right. that's He's like the most direct metaphor. That's like that's like what this season is like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we I mean, the show is randomly generated to so many degrees, but like that's the story that the villain and all of the heroes ended up gravitating towards is like for for Doyle it was like he was he was clinging so much to the exact articulation of those beliefs that he that he had been raised in where like you're not going to make Soviet America like you're gonna have to make some changes and like he 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 needed to learn that like the the past is the past but he can still be that person but just recognize that something needs to change and then for aqua it was like leaving this this past and this like entire her entire species behind and then still being uniquely her and then the things we were just saying with baron and then with the crimson monster with nathaniel like he was stuck in the past too and i think it's cool how we didn't like talk about that we didn't no. plan that or text about it but like right. it kind of happened that way and i like that a lot yeah, I, I struggled with how sympathetic I was going to make the trip into his I'm memories. Sure. Um, and ultimately, I fell on the side of because of because of everything that you all were doing um, in in dealing with your pasts and and coming to terms with it. It felt more natural that that he. You know that his loneliness and his fear weren't necessarily based in reality, and I I, I think yeah, his it came reactions out, weren't warranted. His, yeah, yeah. What how he perceived the world and how the world was actually happening, um, I felt that that was an interesting take on what made him ultimately a just a terrible person. That yeah, just mm -hmm. he, not only was he trapped in his past, but when he was given literally a second life, hmm. <laughs> he still was completely incapable of moving past that, even going so far as to not even being remorseful that he killed his family because they gave him power to try to change the world. Like, he mm -hmm. that 
was barely a blip to him because he could finally start making the world fit how he wanted it. And that was, Mm -hmm. I, I ultimately loved how that played out against, you know, three characters that just adapted to their world and, yeah, and made the changes against this rigid villain that just simply, even when shown the truth, would not do it. Just like the complete refusal of that. Just the overarching theme of the season. It is a thing that I struggle with in my own life of like how like two different people can have similar backgrounds and one person just like rolls with it and it's fine and everything's okay and they have a good life. And then like the next person can't do that and can't get past it. And like, how do you, because you end up with like survivor's guilt for yourself Mm -hmm. when you can do it and someone else can't, but then also how do you sympathize with someone that couldn't do it? Mm hmm. Where, like, I I definitely feel like Aqua just couldn't. She could not sympathize at all. She was just like, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, he was. Everyone has a hard time. He was a terrible person. (laughs) Well, true. He was an alien. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing for humans is a learned skill. (laughs) But still, like, a lot of her personality is my personality. And it was definitely that side of me that just doesn't understand why people can't just, you know, put that. In a box and leave it in the past where it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. It was a very, Getting very deep. good. It was a very good <laughs> two sides of of the same coin season. Yeah. Or like four, four sides. Or five yeah. sides. <laughs> four sides. <laughs> what? what uh what what other things do we do in an after show? Are we done? Well we roll for the next season. Is that is that uh are we doing that right now? Well, I mean, is there anything else you want to ask of me or anything that you, any Um, other questions that? um, Are the Extraordinary Adventures of New York, um, were they randomly generated? Because it's just Marvel, right? No, I I, I was going to randomly generate them. And then I struck on the Zegnil connection for Hulk because we had talked about carrying over survivors into each season. And then I really liked that, that, Connection. So I decided to keep them all the same, just as a as a nod that we're in the Marvel world, um, but also sort of to easily tie, you know, to, to tie back to season one in in a fun way. Yeah. Okay. Are you guys ready to roll? So we'll so, flip this coin. So, basically. So, <laughs> I think I think it should either be Logan or Greg who rolls the one d two, flips the coin. Yeah. Because that way, an uninterested party, because uh, our our die roller that we usually share is down, so so yeah. we need the integrity of, of a th- uninterested third party I, I, to roll a one d two and tell us the result. I think I, I got to roll. I got to roll for this season, so I think it's only fair that the DM gets to roll. Okay. Right. Um. So, which one of us is one, and which one of us is two? What do you want to be, Lee? Well, I'm number one, Travis. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So minimum one, maximum two. Yeah. Uh so one is Lee and two is Travis. Yeah. Uh. And the winner is number one. Yes! Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Yay. 
Oh, man. All right, Lee. I'm so excited. You're the boss. <laughs> Yay. Do we say what it's going to be? No, because we've got a whole one shot yep, coming. We got a whole yep. lot of stuff going on. So, yeah. So, what we're, I guess we'll just explain to the listener what is going to happen next. I'm sure you've probably already figured it out by the. Uh, what we did last time, uh, we're going to record a one-shot with a special guest. That is going to come, the first part of that is going to come up next week. We're not sure how many parts that's going to be because we haven't recorded it yet, but um, those one-shots, we like uh, those episodes to be a little shorter just because it gives, uh, if splitting them into just about half an hour long episodes gives us um, the ability to have a whole bunch of episodes banked so that when we're Getting the kinks worked out for a new season. We have a whole bank of episodes uh, to push up, to, to upload, even if we're still figuring out how to run a new season. Um, and then we'll announce at the end of that what the new system is going to be. And then uh, Lee will be our game master for season three. There's not going to be Yay. any break. Next week you'll get an episode and it'll be great and awesome. I'm very excited. Yay. Yay. My first time. Well, I can't say it's my first time gaming anymore because I've done it a couple of times with little one shots, but my first like big campaign with people that aren't my best friend or my husband. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) oh man, I'm excited though. It's going to be great. It's going to be so super fun. We'll we'll roll a one D one after the next season to figure out if I'm going to (laughs) be Who will it be next time? No one knows. Are we done? (laughs) I think we're done. I think so. Yay. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash VRECast. On Twitter at twitter.com slash VRECast. Follow Lee at Yosaf Bridge, Logan at Logan Jenkins, Travis at the Travis W, and me, Greg, at White Wing on Twitter. Uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you like everything that we're doing. One extraordinary adventure of the fifth star named Nyro10 or NYR010 uh, said, Wow, 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 best podcast ever. 